It definitely feels like a weirder free agency period than most we've lived through recently. Yeah, it's also just weird because everything's happening at once. Still, like we're still trying to catch up to the normal timeline because of COVID. Right. And so, playoffs just ended, and the draft happened like a week later. We're still in the Olympics. Like, <laughs> it's it's the it's very weird. Summer league starts next week. Yeah, it's been a condensed schedule. I didn't even think of that. It's going to be two weeks where we get the draft free agency and the uh, gold medal game within like a what barely well, a ten day period. The off season is draft free agency, gold medal game, summer league, right into preseason. You want to make your official take on audio for who's going to win gold? <sighs> is it going to be your hometown? It's going to be the U.S. But <laughs> man, I'm so close to picking. Slovenia. I don't I'm, think Slovenia can knock them off, but I don't know. When did they play France? Could France knock the U.S. off and Slovenia could knock France off? I wouldn't be surprised about that. I think that the I think that Slovenia could beat. I think that could happen. I also think Slovenia could beat the U.S. Like I don't. I don't think it'd be. It's crazy. They have no one to guard KD, but I don't think it matters. <laughs> It's just like if it's a pure ISO game. I, you've watched more of the Slovenia team than I have. Who guards anybody if they just need to go get buckets? And they haven't been getting buckets, I guess. So maybe that's a too big of an assumption to make. Yeah, I'm worried about the U.S. just continuing this like overpassing. And like, it's weird because they have guys who are just bucket getters and who are used to just having the, the ball in their hands and then going, you know, making their moves, being their defender, getting separation, taking a shot. But they're not playing to just get separation now. They're playing to like get the defense in rotation. They're playing and to get that's calls a, they're not getting. I yeah, a lot yeah, of that. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to see guys like Levine and guys like uh, right. You know, even Lillard a little bit in a completely different setting where it's smaller. It's you know the pacing is completely different than an NBA game. And yeah, Lillard seems like someone. You know, he's taking a little bit of the deep threes, but the feeble line bringing the spacing in, I think, has hurt him. Yeah. I don't know. I'll be rooting for Slovenia. I can tell you that. I, uh, I'm an on. underdog fan at heart. And uh, the women's team, they can try to take on the gold for our uh, hometown of the United States. They've been that. struggling, too. They've, <laughs> they've won, and but France gave them a tough game the other night. Gabby Williams played well. And then... Uh, yeah. I'd still be more shocked if they lost. Oh, for sure. If the men's team the, lost. It's, yeah. It hit a point where uh, just the front court of the U.S. women's team is... Ridiculous when you it's either been Griner, Asia Wilson, Brianna Stewart, or Tina Charles, Asia Wilson, Brianna Stewart in at most times, and there's no team that can compete with that. Like defensively, no one is scoring on the interior against the U.S. women. It's gonna have to be you know 23s that you hit, 25 threes that you hit to beat them because no one is finishing inside against Tina or Brittany and Asia. Yeah. yeah. Well, just give it uh, three years until the seven foot three girl from China is uh, <laughs> in the Olympics, and there'll be finally some competition for us. But I don't know, you want to dive in free agency? Welcome, welcome to the high post. We're we're in it. We're in it. We're back <laughs> finally since uh, for the first time since the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. A lot has changed since the last time we talked. I would hate to go back and hear our takes from where we were at after the... <laughs> sure, we were all right. For the conference finals. I think finals. we hit it all. Don't check on that. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. The uh, strong Nets love probably has fallen off since the moment where Kevin Durant's foot was about an inch over that three-point line, and uh, the league will never really be the same because of it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I'm... 
I uh, I think the Gilbert slander Gilbert slander uh, holds up even now. <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna be uh, riding high. That's on. gonna be timeless, honestly. And yeah, the, uh, the Portland Trailblazer slander perhaps as great as ever. We can transition easily into the free agency talk with that. I think. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna do the Olympics in the in the 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 Gobert slander too. Just talking about how they'll never win until Wimbayama is the starting center. And, Gobert is getting seven spot minutes off the bench, like the Vic- Vincent Poirier role on, on the current French team. Is it too early in the uh, pod to start talking about uh, picks for where we want Dame Lowe to play next season? Or is that, you know, we'll save that for <laughs> later, maybe. Um, I think that's a decent transition for the uh, for free agency, considering how, uh, how <laughs> bad, uh, how... Dame Lord made it very clear that the Blazers need to make, make massive improvements to this uh, to this team, uh, and then they went out and re-signed Norm Powell to a big contract. He was good, uh, but is not a difference maker, and then signed Cody Zeller, who is good, but is just a backup yeah. center, and is also... One who can stay on the court, frankly, which is a big upgrade over what they had, but still not one that's going to you know swing from... And we were talking about this earlier, right? right? Like... Them getting demolished, well, not demolished, but beaten handily by a undermanned Denver team that then got crushed by and swept by the Suns team yeah. just does not say, you know, super great things about where that Portland team is. It's hard to see them. Right. right now. Yeah, I mean, it's bad. And, and for Portland, the three previous seasons, they've been swept out of the playoffs, uh, if I'm correct, with the Warriors and then the Pelicans and then the Warriors again. Uh, and so even if they've made it far into the playoffs, I think it's been very clear that the difference between them and the top, top teams in the league... Hey, they took a game off the Lakers, bad. but... Uh, they did take it, that's <laughs> right. That was, it, was, they, it was three out of four years they got swept, and then the fourth year they, they got won one game. Yeah, exactly. I, the thing with the Cody Zeller uh, signing to me is just that Portland has been such a traditional, like has had such a traditional view of how to use positions uh, for pretty much the whole Dame Lillard era. Uh, You know, their centers screen and roll and play drop on defense and protect the rim. And your centers can't do that, but it's nice to have a center who can stretch and a center who can switch and have different guys to play different roles. And it never really seems like they've uh, figured out positional versatility or tried to do new things with their roster. They've just tried to get players who are better at doing the same style yeah. that they've always been doing. Right. And so Going into the two-minute drill in a playoff game with three shot creators and none of them can play make at an elite level is just not something that I want in my contenders personally. And doubling down on that is <laughs> certainly an interesting strategy, to say the least. Right. Dame's a good, not great passer. Nurkic is a good, but not like top five or seven amongst, you know, centers, big men as a passer. Uh, and the wings are not good passers at all. They have no, you know, linkers, linking players as a... And I mean, we were talking about this earlier, too. Well, <laughs> looking back on last offseason, it's crazy to think what they might have been able to get for the assets they used for Robert Covington, considering, you know, it's not that much less than what was used to get someone like Drew Holiday. I don't know. It's... it's uh, yeah. It's a tough situation. Well, yeah, it's 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 all tough because <laughs> if you want to criticize them for throwing away those draft picks for Covington, who I think is really good and is one of the few guys who 
gave them positional versatility and, and was a big swing and is in a, a championship level, an elite playoff level role player. Uh, they also haven't done well with their draft picks when they've drafted. Yeah. They, Zach Collins uh, just signed today with the Spurs and he's probably been their best draft pick since McCollum. Um, a lot of whiffs. A lot of whiffs. I'm still on the Anthony Simons train, but... Uh... Anthony Simons is... is fine as a but it's he does he's so redundant with uh so much of what their other players do in terms of powell C and cj where he's just a self-shot creator he's not doesn't create for other people he doesn't make quick decisions with the ball when he gets it you know he's he's someone who likes to have the ball in his hand for eight seconds as he's creating space to to take jumpers and He's not a good defender, <laughs> and he's still only like twenty or twenty-one, which is insane. But enough, enough talking about teams that didn't improve themselves. Yeah, we don't care. Answer. We don't give, care. One, give, give me one death, go one destination. Like if you had to have your pick of the lot for a realistic place, Dame Lillard could end up. I think it's the Knicks for me. Okay, probably. Uh, I think I think the Knicks or the Sixers are the most fun ones. I think the Sixers. You know, Dame gives you, you know, Embiid can man the defense. He almost gives you a defense unto himself. He's such an elite rim protector and just about, when he once he entered the league, just about every year from then on, the Sixers defense when he's been on the floor has been fantastic and they've yeah. had good defensive personnel. But even yeah. that first year they did not and, and uh, even though they've had good defensive personnel when he's been off the floor, they, their defense has taken a big hit. Um, sometimes because of his backups have been really bad. But I think Dame uh, stretching defenses out uh, to the three-point line uh, and opening up the paint and making you know the help and the recovery a lot longer for defenders uh, against Embiid is going to be something he's never had before because <laughs> they've just never had you know good shooting, let alone elite shooting with Embiid. And then for the Knicks, it's just like, you know, I was saying this earlier today, it's like a 2011 Derrick Rose, where you just give an elite point guard, you know, an elite offensive point guard, and, and Dame's maybe, you know, just in terms of what he can do, uh, maybe more elite than Rose was even that MVP year. Yeah. If you give an elite offensive point guard great defense and great defensive in infrastructure, and, you know, Tom Thibodeau's a coach who's proven he can hide and then work around smaller point guards because his scheme is so strong and his uh, defensive paint protection principles are so strong, uh, I think that he would immediately make them very good and that Dame is like the perfect star to handle the media attention that comes with being the face of New York. Yeah, and frankly, Ben Simmons, CJ McCollum, Norm Powell, and Yusuf Nurkic is not the bad core for a Certainly not a contender, but it's not a bad team. I don't know. I, I The Pelicans, personally, are my pick for if I had my pick yeah. of the litter of what team I'd love to see him on. That seems like pretty nasty, but the Sixers as well, I think it'd be really fun. Keep him away from New York. I mean, the star power would be there, but I don't know. Get that man a better second option. Well, when, like, when Kawhi gets there uh, after a year, <laughs> then all of a sudden we're, we're talking, all of a sudden we're cooking with Greece. The, the Pelicans is a really fun pick, too. And... Ingram is probably, with Simmons' trade value, where it is after uh, failing to shoot at all in the playoffs, especially in fourth quarters. Ingram may have more value. It may be more enticing to the Blazers if they were to 
get to the point where they have to move off Dame or Dame makes that uh, an ultimatum. uh, Only one team in the league has more draft assets and draft capital than the Pelicans does. So certainly intriguing in that way too. Like at some point, (laughs) Sam Presti is testing this theory. You really just do have to push all your chips into the table and see what you can do. Yeah, Uh, The Celtics are probably proof of that and proof of what can go wrong if you hold on a little bit too long. But yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Eventually you just got to make the move. Yeah. Also, we probably shouldn't uh, belabor the 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 Blazers too long because they're not that interesting no. and and they as we were saying they are keeping the same system <laughs> and the same core that they have for years. But we should probably mention that like fuck Neil O'Shea the 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 way he's handled the Chauncey Billups scenario, the way that they've gone about it from an organizational standpoint. Uh, the press conference was an embarrassment the 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 way that they've been so cocky uh, uh, about how little reporters would press them on the sexual assault and press them on the intensity of their investigation uh, into the sexual assault um, you know it's it is something that happened a very long time ago uh, but I think there's a way to say that it happened a long time ago and, and we think that people can change and we think that Chauncey's a different person without just completely ignoring the question or shutting down reporters. or Yeah, I mean, or, like he seemed ready to answer the question yeah, more than they were. Ex- exactly, and having a pre-prepared signal to, you know, to yeah. shut it down does, is yeah. not a sign that you had a lot of faith in your process. Yeah. And that you really did trust that your yeah. investigation was strong, and that you right. did make the right. If you really felt that you had made the right decision, then you wouldn't need to hide in the way that they've been hiding. And it seems uh, very gross. And he's not even a great GM. So hopefully, you know, the, if that is a sign of what his character is or what he believes in, hopefully the Blazers move on and you know do something more interesting with their franchise. Yeah, absolutely. And more proudly, fuck the uh, Citizens of Power and the NBA and everything that allowed this Chauncey Billups stuff to stay under the radar for as long as it did. Because I fucking had never heard of this until two weeks ago or three weeks ago when it was first well, longer than that. Wow, right. time really flies. But yeah, it's, uh, right. it's to a To be fair, sense. I was not born when, <laughs> when it happened, when it happened yeah. but... Still, it's. Yeah, but, it, I mean, Chauncey, you know, was like Chauncey's a, big part a famous of basketball, right? And yeah. Chauncey, those Detroit Piston teams were a big part of getting me into basketball when I was very, very young. And then he, you know, was the Finals MVP, was the best player for those teams. But well, not the best player. But was the Finals <laughs> MVP? You know, I um, no yeah. one loves. Fuck the Blazers. Blazers. We talked too long about the Blazers. You're absolutely right. Um, I don't know who's your favorite team. Like uh, free agency moves that were made today. I know like a lot of teams that we personally like and wanted to make good moves, like the Mavericks and the Pelicans. Uh, didn't exactly make the best moves. Is there more? Did we get something live? Can we break some news? Uh, well, the, the, Shams? <laughs> the the live move was uh, Rashawn Holmes resigning with the Sacramento Kings, which is. Not super, you know, he got, he did not get a crazy deal. It's four years, 55, so I think 14 million a year is just about in his wheelhouse. And I think that the team that was, seemed most primed to send him an aggressive offer sheet was the Charlotte Hornets, who have made their center moves already, it seems like, with trading for Mason Plumlee and a really good trade for them, um, getting... Plumley with uh, 
and being able to move up 20 spots in the draft and to number 37 where they picked up JT Thor, who is one of the more fun prospects. We'll see what happens there, but I'm yeah, really excited to see you. He's a project, but he's certainly not someone who's going to need to play soon, and he's yep. someone whose spacing is going to be really, really nice for LaMelo. And, you know, he's the, the Spain pick and roll that the top, you know, pick and roll, you know, vision, uh, ball, uh, ball handlers with great vision have. You know, he has the ability to pop or to roll and be a threat with both. And so teams are not going to be able to just stick with one. And I, if right. things work out there, it's going to be very. I mean, theoretically, he already should be a decent three point shooter. Like, off the bat, it's going to be working on those other parts of the game and seeing how he can contribute otherwise. But I'm so excited to see what happens there. They're going to be a fascinating team. Yeah, and they, they also got Kai Jones in the draft uh, along with Plumlee. So those two wow. seem to. Like they're going to make up their center rotation and and made the market for Rashawn probably a little uh, bit weaker. I don't know if you were like I was on Twitter pretty much all day today trying to follow all this you know crazy free agent stuff happening. It's been a wild day, but Hollinger had a tweet where it seemed like for just about a second there was a chance that Charlotte was going to get Lonzo. Yes. and it might have been my favorite. Uh, Two minutes before the clarifying tweet came of the year so far, where I got to imagine the Ball brothers with Leangelo starting for the summer league team potentially. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. But, he's uh, on the summer league team. He's I don't know if he's starting. Team, yeah. I don't know. I didn't see any other guards that I thought would be like absolutely starting above him. I mean, he was on a roster like uh, beginning of this year. He was on Detroit. <laughs> we'll see. He will see. We'll yeah. see. Maybe. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but I think the team that probably you have to start with. Uh, talking about the free agency moves today is the Miami Heat, who re-signed Duncan Robinson to a five-year, $90 million deal. So, same amount of years, $10 million more than Bertans, who uh, is a comparable player, I think, and gives them an $18 million a year con- uh, contract, which is in a fairly tradable range. It's good for contract matching and stuff. Um, yeah. And then they... Signed P.J. Tucker, who's fresh off of the championship, a very strong role player, and a guy who's a defensive monster to pair with Bam and Jimmy, and then who is likely the big fish of this free agency, unless Kawhi Leonard wants to do something shocking, and, uh, you know... By all means, Kawhi. Yeah, he's... he's, uh, Does not seem like, you know, moving crazy is... Is out of the question for Kawhi, considering the Ramona Shelburne uh, story that came out tonight or earlier today. But but Kyle Lowry to the Heat. Uh, how much do you think this changed the landscape in the East? The Butler, Robin, or the Rob, uh, a starting lineup of Lowry, Robinson, Butler, Tucker, Bam. Bucks and six, I guess is what I'll say. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it really moves. Nets and five. I, I think the team is really, really good, to be clear. And I think that they, no moves made, probably on the level, maybe even above the Sixers. I think they're right around the same, the same level. But that offense is going to be really, like, I don't know what Lowry's reputation is as a shooter at this point, but he's not the best shooter in the world. He's a competent pull-up shooter. His percentages have never really been in the 40s too often. I think they might have been a couple times, but he's also had some seasons in the, you know, 35 and below range. Uh, 
I don't know. They they're gonna be very smart. They're going to be really tough as shit on defense, and and I'm gonna have a ton of fun watching them because I really appreciate that personality of a team. But uh, I don't know when it when it comes to it. I still don't know what their crunch time offense looks like. If it's a Lowry it's like a Jimmy Butler mostly. Is it the Lowry Bam pick and roll with uh, you know Duncan on the on the far side and Jimmy in the dunker spot? Um, I I think it's reliant on if Bam can become a significantly better offensive player, which is not out of the question. We saw Bam going from the bubble. He's twenty four. Yeah, he's so young, and we've seen pretty constant improvement from him on both ends of the floor. We saw between the bubble and the 2021 season him develop a mid-range game, at least for a couple months there at the beginning of the season. Like, yeah, really improve his offensive One game. dribble pull-up on the mid-range, too. It's not just a catch-and-shoot. Yep. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw even more improvement with a real offseason and some real time to just get in the weeds with things after a tough out at the beginning. I mean, he seems like a damn competitive guy. Uh, playing for Team USA, maybe we'll pick up some tricks from the uh, stars around yeah. him. But outside of that, I just don't know, man. The East is so goddamn tough this year, and I, I, uh, I, I can't even. You know, we saw it this year, and this is something a principle that I tend to stick by as much as I can. You kind of need the guy, a star, if you're gonna be serious contenders for the finals. And I don't know. The bubble was a weird time, and. I'm inclined to at least believe some of the idea that they were just much more set up to take on the challenges of the bubble than other teams, and that played a big role in why they were able to do that. So I, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be a pretty pivotal season, and I think it really depends on Bam. Yeah, I think I think it depending on Bam makes sense. I think that I think that the thing with Bam as well is that you know he is a he's a very very good rim protector but he's not like elite elite rim protector yeah in in the league would great pick and roll defender but right well great pick and roll defender because of his switchability and i think so and i and i think pj tucker is another guy who's like a switch defender lowry's stoutness allows him to switch on to bigger guys but but you're but you still don't have that fifth defender you know who's who can hold in offensive situations do they're all going to be in I, I don't know if you're worried about Duncan Robinson or Hero getting picked on in, in, in those switches. You know, how easily Miami switches. If, if they do switch easily, can teams just go after Robinson? And if they do, is Bam willing to handle all the pressure at the rim that's going to come from that? Uh, is a question. No more precious. Uh, not that that really was going to stop anything. Yeah, well, Man, the official, official sign-and-trade... Details have not come out yet, so I am curious to see. Precious seems like a lock. Precious and Dragic seem like a lock to be in it. I'm curious if there are picks, if there's KZ, if there's other things in there. But yeah, I, I think, know. I think that no matter. I I think that you could have the 04 Pistons. You know, the best defensive. If we're gonna keep on bringing them up, the best defensive playoff team of all time. You know, you could have elite elite playoff players. You, but. You know, you're not going to be able to guard, no matter how good your defenders are, you're not going to be able to guard Kyrie, Harden, and Durant every single time, every single possession. At some point, you're going to need to keep up with them offensively. And I don't think that... I think there might be one team that's got a shot, but... You think Russell Westbrook is shutting down, uh, is shutting down Kyrie? 
I mean, I think you live with a diet of Russ on Kyrie if you need to. I don't know if, I mean, well, we've seen LeBron next to Kevin Durant with great spacing try to shut that down. It hasn't exactly gone. Yeah, I still don't know, like, who they put on Harden, who they put on Durant. I mean, I think AD might honestly be their best option on Harden. Uh, I I thought you were going to say Durant. LeBron, Harden's work. AD might be their best option on both, (laughs) unfortunately, but... Well, we'll see. I think they're gonna have some good guys I, around those. Like, it, I would agree that those two, and and maybe the Bucks, if they can find a, a stout wing defender to replace well, Tucker. The Bucks did have trouble with uh, just one of those three guys. So. That's, I mean, <laughs> and and when two of them were there, health, fully healthy, Harden was never fully healthy. When two of them were there, fully healthy, I mean, Kyrie and. Durant were picking them apart. I think that they played just Harden Durant pretty well, though. I mean that game. But was Durant really was, fun. but Harden was a quarter of forty percent of his normal self. He did not look healthy at all. I don't think that that's that was truly a. Well, know, I, I was thinking end of the end end of the season, like okay. was that, that last game where Giannis had the block on KD. You know, the game went like Harden didn't play that game. That was Kyrie and Durant. Okay, also. makes sense. Yeah. I remember watching that because I remember uh, Giannis had forty around forty forty two in that and game. KD had forty two, and I remember uh, being like, "That's fine. They'll have their best post defender, James Harden, come back." Uh, and and <laughs> he will legitimately help their ability to guard uh, Giannis, which I think was true. I think even half injured, he did a decent job with Giannis post ups uh, in the playoffs. He did, yeah, unfortunately. But uh, and then Giannis hit the switch when he, yeah. you know, as yeah. the playoffs went on, and and realized he was the best player remaining. But yeah, I, I don't know. That was really my not a problem with the free agency market this year. We saw a big trade that I think definitely swung at least playoff chances with the Russell Westbrook trade like whether yeah. you know I don't think it turned them into the number one favorite yet but I think it brought them closer for whatever that's worth although I don't know I still come on could they get buddy some way somehow but I don't think this free agency market turned any non-contenders into contenders which you know kind of boring give us something big it's not too late I mean, the only it, it would have to be a Ben Simmons trade or a Beal trade or a Beal trade, but it does not look likely. Beal does not look. And Kawhi is the dark horse because no one ever knows what is going on with Kawhi. <laughs> What's and, the number one? Does, and, Ma- does Maverick still have space, or is that going to Goron? It might go to DeRozan still. Yeah. Um, DeRozan to DeRoz- Miami. Maybe I'll put them as like slight contenders. Still, no shooting on that team. Certainly helps their offense. Yeah. Well, I mean, you talk about like the hole that they would have yeah. with, you know, DeRozan legitimately can play two through four, and if you could stick him at that two in that lineup, stick him in the three sometimes if you want to shift Lowry over a little bit or bring in yeah. Hero or Robinson, like that's a lot of versatility and a lot of defense. Not a lot of defensive holes, at least. Yeah, I mean DeRozan is is fine, not great on defense, but he's certainly not someone that you're gonna, you Pick know, on, ruthlessly yeah. target. He's not Brent Forbes. Come on now, <laughs> <laughs> catching strays. He's a champion. He is a champion. Uh, I will not. He's a big part of that championship. He won them a game. Sure, he did not play a ton in the last few games of the of the series. He was passing up shots he should have been taking. They did. Uh, 
eventually get to the point where they were like, yeah, Jeff Teague is going to play over you. That's fucked up, though. He's a better player than Jeff Teague. Yeah, that's just the Bud, uh, <laughs> that's Bud favoritism right there. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, oh, well, indeed. Yeah. All um, right. We're going to talk a little draft. I've got not much to say about this draft. I mean, which is odd because I feel like we were both more invested in this draft than usual. Right. I mean, I know all of the players, you know, up through pick 35 to 40 pretty well. Yeah. I would say very few that I'm not, that I, that I don't at least know a, a little bit about. But it it's nothing, you know, the draft is not going to change anything. I guess... Uh, would you want to? I guess we should start with the Warriors because the Warriors are yeah, the true. most the most interesting team during free agency. Um, up there, I would I would say they are a team that has like championship hopes. Obviously, they have the hard part of a championship down. They have you know their defensive anchor. They have the guy they're gonna put the ball in his hands, you know, in crunch time and, and throughout the game. Uh, they have, you know, elite second shooting, elite secondary offense. Um, it's just role players. They have, they have, they just have to fill out a roster of, you know, eight to 10 guys that can play. And right now they're at five or six, you know, uh, can yeah. generously. And so what's, I mean, well, here's the thing. Moody might be a seventh or eighth man. I think he could be a contributor on a potential championship contender. That would not do, do shock you, me. Do you think that he can? You can immediately slot him into your Harrison Barnes. You're the fifth guy in our death lineup. No, or, but I think he could be what Kelly Oubre and Ken Bazemore were last year. And I think he could be better, better than part of that. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, like he is a shooter, and that's something Oubre was. Well, he's going to be immediately defender. Yeah. Right. And and like a legit defender, like a very good catch and shoot shooter who. You know, has a little bit of yeah. of extra. You know, can right. come off street screens and stuff, and then can you know he'll, he has to work on the movement shooting. But I think there's potential there. Yeah. The defense is really the thing where like I think he'll be really good. Yeah. He's going like, to be. He's a three and D guy off the bat, and I, yeah. I think that I mean like that's exactly what they need. The Duarte thing I think would have worked well too, maybe a little bit better right off the bat. But like they they got their guy, and I think that's what. And I, personally, I just think. There, there's one wild card I can think of. I'm curious. Do you think there's any like wild cards that could swing them into like a higher level this year? Because I've got one on my mind, and like I don't know. Um. I let me let me hear yours. I, I think it's Wiseman. Like I think that's the one area where they had a guy who was playing significant minutes last year who was ass most of the yes. time. Like, you know, they could get him to pick and roll a little bit, but for the most part, defensively and offensively, he was just wrecking everything they wanted to do. Like, mm-hmm. he needs the ball in his hands a little bit more than he was getting it. He needs to, like, improve at all the skills that they right. needed from a guy to plug and play right away, right. pretty much. But, like, you had your offseason, man. Like, it's, you know, show right. it or don't show it. Like, it's kind of time. Right. Wiseman and Kaminga are fascinating cases because... For a team who everyone is discussing is a win now team, what are they going to do? They just resigned Steph to a four year deal. Like, like how are they going to get to their? How are they going to find you know playoff ready players? Uh, as as they're cap strapped and they and they're trying to get to a championship, and they drafted in two consecutive years the rawest prospects in the top ten. Um, it 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 does look like an odd choice. At the same time, like. Wiseman looked 
terrible last year. He looked like he had no clue what he was doing, and he was still fucking, like, falling his way to, like, 17 points every game. Like, the dude is so skilled and so... He, he's not, like, the I don't quickest... I skilled. It was the word. Well, he's, he's, he's athletic. Like, he's, he, he's, like... Well, the, tool, the tools he has yeah. are so unique. And the like ball handling as a seven footer, right? Know? Like yeah. he doesn't necessarily have like lateral quickness or like quick feet, um, but straightaway speed for a seven footer is incredible. Uh, the hands are bad, but his catch radius is ridiculous. He has touch. He has a little bit of shooting and a little bit of shooting form. Um, they they had a very weird. I thought that their development plan for him was very odd, where at the beginning of the season, it seemed like they were going to a lot of Wiseman post-ups, Wiseman isos, uh, which is odd just for if, if he went anywhere, because that's probably not the best part of his game. That's not ISOs the, I could see. That's not, like he's yeah. not going to be a good post-up. That's not the... the well, it's just not how the... the it's, yeah. it's not how the modern NBA is, is working anymore. And especially for a team that has been known uh, as like read and react, quick decisions, you know, egalitarian offense, it was really weird to just be like, hey, rookie, we're going to throw you the ball and go, go get us a bucket, go do something. I thought that was really weird. Towards the middle of the season, they started to run more Steph Wiseman pick and rolls. Yeah, and he if was you a rim were, runner for a lot of that. And if you are going to be a rim runner, and he has the tools to be a very, very good, very elite rim runner. Uh, He's similar, got like a seven seven wingspan or something. Right, like that. seven six standing reach. Um, or I think it's no, it's a nine nine something standing reach, right. like nine one or whatever standing yeah. reach. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes but sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. but uh, he, you know, Aiden is someone who. Having elite pick-and-roll ball handlers really helped his development as a role man, and he was someone who has all the tools as, as a role man. Wiseman, same deal. Should be an elite role man if he can figure out just the nuances of yeah. it. The angles to set his screen, the timing of when to roll. You know, Draymond, I assume, is going to be a great teacher for that. And, and last, and I'm willing to give him a break because he played two college games, didn't have any offseason, was not allowed to have any communication or workout with trainers going into his rookie year because of COVID, was barely able to practice because of the schedule you know, teams were on during COVID, and maybe summer league, maybe uh, having another summer to develop yeah. will help him out. At the same time, you know, maybe he doesn't close games, but does it worry you at all uh, from what we saw of Draymond offensively last season and how much it looks like he's regressed you know, in terms of his own scoring? That, that Draymond has to play the five to be useful, and do you think that him and Wiseman can work together yeah, I symbiotically? And I don't know necessarily that Draymond needs to play the five to be successful. I think it's a matter of James Wiseman becoming a better <laughs> big man defender. And, you know, center defense is, as they say, like the toughest thing to learn in the league, so I, I don't necessarily blame him. But I think there is a universe where they could absolutely live together, and Draymond's defense is not, you know, necessarily tied to him playing the five on every possession. I, but think, I was thinking more offensively. Do you think? Well, I mean, do you why think is space he threes? Yeah, he can. I don't know if the other team, the other team, might be happy with that, but <laughs> they'd be happier with Draymond shooting. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very fair. And to, and to be clear, I'm probably in the boat that Wiseman probably wouldn't close games in my, at least 
from what I saw last year, it would take a huge amount of development for him to close games. But I think him and Draymond can share the court 20 minutes together. What do you think is the closing lineup then? I think it's got to be, when it all happens, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Moody, Draymond. It's a lot on a rookie. It's a lot on a rookie, which is why I thought Batum would have been a fantastic yeah. fit there, and he's going back to the Lakers. I do think For that the Clippers, they need yeah. one, or going back to the Clippers, I do think they need one more 3 and D wing, and especially in a read and react offense, his quick decision making and his ability to, to read the floor, I mean, he's that's a guy who's going to know where Steph and Clay are at all times, and if those two are the ones that are open, he's going to find them, he's going to know it when the ball hits his hands. Um, I think Moody can get there really quickly. I think, think so. I think Moody is someone like so. So I think it's. He said I, he wants to win Rookie of the Year. Well, that is a he should want to. I mean, <laughs> everyone should want to, but that's going to be a taller ask, especially given his role. But I think that Moody played on what many regard as the best high school team of all time. He oh, had the Monteverde team. Cade Cunningham. Yeah. Scotty Barnes. Dior Johnson. Dior Johnson. Another second-round pick this year. A bunch, yeah. I'm forgetting his name. And then uh, and, and Kate Cunningham. And so his, his offensive role on that team was typically to be the fourth guy, to be a defensive anchor, but to be the fourth guy on offense, a catch-and-shoot guy, a ball mover, uh, and, and someone to to play off of the stars and make their job easier. So he's had someone who he's someone who's had experience in that role. He's not and I guess we should talk about him a little bit. He's not Kuminga who needs the ball in his hands, uh, is not a quick decision maker, is someone who takes, you know, a few, a lot of dribbles, more than a few dribbles, um, to to make his decision or get by his defender or fully figure out what he's doing with the ball. Um and and I think that that Moody I wouldn't be shocked if we get to the end of the year and, and we're like, oh, Moody is like, you know, may, maybe not like the off-ball cutter and everything, but like Moody is like Mikhail Bridges. Like Moody can can really play as a 3 and D wing at a high level right away and then maybe in two or three years add even more stuff to his game. Yeah, I think he's got less of a ceiling as a defender but more of a ceiling as an offensive player probably a little bit. Like the three-point ceiling he might come in and be a sniper off the bat which is like miles bridges took a little bit to get there but yeah i like that comparison and he's gonna have to the do body types are similar yeah. which is i don't know if it's a lazy comparison that way but yeah. i think the role is just yeah is, is gonna be very similar in terms of what they're yeah. asked to do and i mean i watched a lot more of moody than duarte but i am kind of glad that they got moody although you know they could have had both and they would have been better this year probably so whatever <laughs> let's uh, not think too much of that are there any other draft picks like if you had to choose one guy who you were sure is going to have a great you know nba career can't be kate or mobley okay or well, green mobley is going to be uh fantastic yeah let me hmm one guy. I'm I would say it can't be a top five because I'm pretty damn sure all those top five guys, maybe not Scotty Barnes, are gonna have great NBA careers. Yeah, I I, I have faith in all of them. I mean, just going by like the safer picks, you know, I I'm obviously Wizards focused, but I think that like Kispert is someone who 
unless he is really unplayable defensively, which I don't no. foresee happening. I think he's going to be playable right away defensively. Exactly. I think, I think he's a really solid defender. Six seven and strong. Like he's not going to be bowled through. He has enough lateral quickness and enough intelligence to not just like you know look like Bambi on skates out there. <laughs> like he, I have very little doubt that he will be. Um, that he will have trouble defensively right away, and that would have been another fun, fun pick. I also think that the that the Wizards had a very interesting. The Wizards, as uh, someone who had no had one good shooter last year, you know, one and a half with Bradley Beal, but they had Bertans and Beal, and no other good shooters. I guess Garrison Matthews, but uh, you know, Scott Brooks hated him, and so he, he didn't get to play. Or Scott Brooks was, you know, more enamored with. Guards that could not defend or shoot, but were somewhere in between on both. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, the the mo from from uh, Tommy Shepard this year seems to be we're gonna get shooting and we're gonna build shooting and we're gonna give Beal space and we're gonna give our our guys space and then they're gonna and and we're gonna get shots up. We're going to get threes up. So they have Kispert now. They have Bertans. They brought in KCP, who's like a 3 and D wing. Brought in Kuzma. They brought in... Uh, they With their other draft pick, they took Isaiah Todd, who's, num- who's uh, NBA skill right now that he has is three-point shooting. He's a stretch four, maybe stretch five yeah. if he puts on a little bit of weight, but he's... You know, already he's going. The skill he's going to be able to walk into the NBA right away and do is shoot the three. Um, I would rather have that twenty-two pick, but you know, let's not think too much about that. Yeah, you know, Garuba. Well, that's Garuba. that was going to be my transition. I, I love all three of the Rockets guys that they got so much after Jalen Green. I'm not sure Jalen <laughs> Green was the pick, but um, is this uh, Josh Christopher Sander? No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, Chris, all three. Christopher of, okay, Sanguin. All three of them after. I thought you were saying the, the first three that they got. No, I mean, like, I, I think Josh Green is going to be really, yeah. Jalen Green is going to be really good. I just don't know if he was as good as Jalen Suggs or uh, Evan Mobley. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it definitely is, like, Bradley Beal vibes where if you're taking a pick that high, why not take the one who has an upside to potentially be one of the best players in the league instead of a guy with those kind of clear deficits. And I don't know, people have spoken a lot more highly of Jalen Green's defense than I personally think. I just, you know, I watch those Ignite games and I don't see it. But we'll we'll see about that. I I think that's just, the Jalen Green thing is like, getting to the rim and finishing at the rim and self-creation threes. And if you can do that, if you can work your way into being a three-level scorer, then all of a sudden, you know, you're a hooper. The sure. the, league, the league's going to, you know, that's that's the kind of guy that, that really gets respected amongst, you know, yeah. NBA guys. But do you think, hurt. like, Donovan Mitchell is close to being the potential number one player in a championship team? Yeah. I think, I think, I think... I don't know if it's number one, but you don't need to draft number one. But I don't think that Barnes or Suggs were going to be the number one player on a championship team either. I think, I think Suggs got a shot. Like, the defensive potential was so much higher there than Jalen Green. And, like, besides Steph, how many guys who can't play defense were the best player on a championship team in our lifetime? Well, I think championship-level teams. Maybe not championship team, but I think, like, Harden, you know, could be... 
a level. I, th- I think that Jalen Green is most likely going to be the number two because I don't consider him the guy who's going to be the primary ball handler or like primary initiator of a of an of an offense uh, of a championship level offense. But he could be the best scorer. You know, it could be like a thing like Chris Paul and Devin Booker this year, where it's like. Chris Paul, you know, facilitates the offense and he runs pick and roll. He makes sure everyone gets involved. Yeah. But he was not the best scorer on that team. That was that was Devin Booker, and I think that it could be a similar situation to that. Be a Devin Booker level score. That's fair. Just yeah. you know, a lot had to go right for that to happen. I think the Suns are more of an outlier than something to be built after. But we'll see. I don't know. Maybe the Suns will prove me wrong. I just I don't know, man. If Devin Booker was the best player on a championship team, like been a lot of thinking to do about yeah what building championship teams is like so, so I, i'm glad Giannis won that so i'm curious what your thoughts are on how garuba and shangun fit together and then how both of them fit in with wood um as well I mean, I I don't think Sengun or Sengun would. Be, I don't really know how to pronounce his name. Sengun. It's like a S H. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be anywhere near starting for a few years. He he honestly could play anywhere from three to five. I think like if he wanted to play Sengun at the three, Garuba at the four, and Christian Wood at the five, I wouldn't totally have a problem with that, especially for what Garuba can make up for in terms of Christian Wood's weaknesses. But I think. Garuba will be ready to potentially have some starting minutes right from the beginning, or at least some heavy, heavy minutes. I think you bring Chengwin off the bench, and man, like Garuba and Christian Wood is a great, great fit in the front court. I think. I love Garuba. So, I really wanted the Wizards to yeah. uh, to pick him just because of how bad the Wizards have been defensively for for a few years. I think his. I think with the shooting they had already had in terms of Kispert and Bertans and Beal and, and some of the other guys there, I think that Garuba's quick passing and quick decision-making uh, would alleviate some of his uh, deficiencies as a shooter and an outside perimeter offensive player, and he'd be able to find those guys and, and get into the paint and then find those guys on offense and on defense just make up for all the mistakes that I know the Wizards guards are going to make. and. Hopefully the effort gets better uh, with uh, Wes Unsell Jr. as the coach instead of Scott Brooks and we'll Russell see. Westbrook not there anymore. But I, I, I Russ was giving effort. Come on now, not not defensively. He was giving effort, but he was trying to get rebounds and trying to get assists. He was really working hard at that. When he got when he got screened, he did not fight super hard to get around that screen or to recover when his man got into the lane. He. Uh, he would give that one up and then go push and transition the other way, which has its own benefits, but it wasn't always the best. Uh, it, it wasn't the best habit setting, especially for our younger players. Um, I agree. I think that the Rockets guys all individually I do enjoy. I don't think that their team makes like any sense at all this upcoming year. I'm curious. Who cares, to, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't... Right. It doesn't matter at all, and, and it's going to be fun to see. You know, I know very little about like the X's and O's wise of, you know, uh, what their what their coach. I'm blanking on his name. Oh, Stephen Silas. Yes, yeah, right. Stephen Silas is a uh, what he's and how like. How can you know unless you were a G League stan in uh, 2019, right? <laughs> right. Well, you should, I should know his name because of how often people said they felt bad for him about the Harden situation and the Russ situation. Um, but no, I just mean like you know, like he 
personally, I wasn't watching any Rockets games last year after James Harden left. I caught a so. few just because I'm a KPJ lover. He's on my fantasy team, and when he put up 60, I was thrilled, you know. <laughs> fuck the Cleveland Cavaliers. He deserves to throw. He threw some food there, right? He was the second one. JR had thrown yeah. food there, and then KPJ threw some food. It's like a middle school cafeteria at the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> facility. Someone should have asked uh, Evan Mobley after he got drafted if he's ever thrown food. He's ever been in a before. food fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's the coach in Cleveland now? Bickerstaff. J.B. Bickerstaff. Yes. That sucks. Well, he recently took over for Beeline, which was, a, you know, not recently, but Beeline was two the years. Guy? Yeah, and Beeline had a, a weird a weird tenure there that I'm not sure I should give him the benefit of the doubt for. Well, it's the benefit of the doubt in terms of if you're going to hire a 75-year-old <laughs> former college coach to coach your young 20-year-olds. Like, yeah, I think, I think the ideal was, you know, oh, he's coached college guys, he's used to dealing with the young guys and their personalities and not like, oh, he's coached college guys, he's t- used to like Having a weird level of control over them and not treating them like adults and professionals and like men who are living on their own and making their own salaries and providing for their families. And uh, yeah, that's not a not a great look. <laughs> yeah. I love every one of those young Cleveland guys individually. I'm not sure how that's going to work all together, but I don't know if we have time to get into that. But. Well, I think that Cleveland is really fascinating um, if you do want to get into it because Mobley I think had a very good argument for number one I think it's you know 1A 1B personally for me I thought he was on the same tier as, as Cunningham I think I would have understood either way if you know someone had them ranked you know in either direction uh, Jared Allen is very good and they just gave him a big extension uh, they They'll play well together they have I I think so too, and I think have fun scoring at the rim there because, you know, Jarrett Allen is going to be planted there. Mobley is going to be roaming with all of his length, and he is so smart and so aware. He's such a good rim protector. It's he's, like going to be crazy how good he is off the bat. Right, like he is so aware that if Jared Allen slows you down at all, Mobley is going to get there, and he's going to recognize what is happening, and he's going yeah, to. I guess they're both great rim protectors. Yeah, like, he's going to recover. I do really appreciate, and and Okoro is a great defender. I love Okoro. Um, and then they have the two guards in Sexton and Garland. We'll see how I long Sexton Garland, sticks around. Like maybe he should be playing the one, and Sexton maybe should be playing the two more often. Like I know. Yeah, I think I think role, that Garland is probably a better playmaker, like a little better vision, a little. More, he was showing a lot more flashes. Toward a little more quick year. to get the ball out of his hands than Sexton, but I and and then they have a a bench. You know, the Larry Nance I think is a really really I'm surprised they didn't trade him. They could have gotten a ton for. Well, him. that's what I'm. That's that's where I'm. What I'm thinking is that Larry Nance seems ripe to be traded, especially to maybe like a team like the Warriors if they have something small to give to him because he's so good defensively. Come on, keep all the non-shooters off the Warriors and Lakers, please. He can, sh- he keep he can shoot, but yeah. I think I think that, uh, that Larry Nance could go to a team that has had defensive problems and, and help clean that up a little bit. I don't know. He probably doesn't have fit in, in New Orleans, but maybe Portland, maybe Sacramento um, as, as poor defensive teams. And then you have Kevin Love in Cleveland. And it'll be a net soon enough, don't you worry. 
that's do, how quickly do they buy them out? Do they buy him out? Is what I am wondering because he. You, I mean, did you see the USA Basketball stuff that came out this week? Yeah. Okay, first of all, fuck the Colangelos, just in fuck general. Fuck the Colangelos. They, they can't put a team together that's been proven through many, many iterations of many, many teams. I don't know if they've ever won a championship as an executive for any team. Lakers gotta be, right? Was he with the, was he with the Lakers? I feel like he was there for the second Kobe chips. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I, I just remember him with the Suns forever, and that was a team that famously had a lot of chances, but never was able to put together the right finishing touches on a roster, and then just completely fucking up uh, Sixers. the Sixers. And I've said many times on this podcast that uh, if Joel Embiid never wins a championship, it's because the league fucked it's him out. It's because of Adam Silver. It's, yeah. it's because Brian Colangelo fucked him as the GM, and, and then president of basketball operations or whatever he was and that is and he was only in there because of Adam Silver and Adam Silver should feel very bad about they were you know, taking for less than three years like it's I mean I, and, I and, what, even, and what Presti is doing now is no more shameless like oh no, it's worse it's well I don't know the the lows of the Sixers' lows were worse, but it was but, short-lived. It was a year of you know players that should have been G League players. Yeah, but I and, think, but how many? But so many of those, you know, oh, they're putting out a team of all G Leaguers tonight. So many of those guys you look on rosters now are like good NBA players. I just saw a a uh, screenshot Paul of Reed, their Christian Wood. Well, yeah, Paul Reed's new, I guess. Paul, Paul Reed's new. Was one of those G League teams. Yeah, I just uh, saw a screenshot of their G League team from, I believe, 2016, uh, and that roster. It was fantastic. It was. It had T.J. McConnell. It had Robert Covington. It had Christian Wood. Probably. Um, I think Sarge might have even moved on. It had Jeremy Grant. It had who was an All Star this year. It had. I'm. I'm gonna find the. Uh, I'm gonna find the yeah, exact so. roster. Okay, here we go. Let me see. So it had uh, TLC, Alex Caruso, Jeremy Grant, Rashawn Holmes, TJ McConnell, Ben Simmons, Stauskas, which is a, a tough one, and then Christian Wood. So, like, the Colangelo, just as Presti is doing now and getting, you know, serious credit for it, was not just trying to put out terrible, terrible uh, lineups. But he was taking high upside swings at talented players. These were not, you know, let me get a bunch of shitty players and and, and, and go. They were bad players at the time, but they were legit, you know, upside swings that, that he was going for. And you could see what the idea was. And I think it's really annoying that, uh, you know, Joel Embiid was clearly one of the funniest, best, um, most charismatic, one of the best one of the best possible faces of the league uh, kind of guys that the NBA could have possibly had. And Adam Silver decided to screw his chances at getting a title or getting serious improvements to his team for a few years. And I don't think that was the right decision by the league. No. And I think Sam Hickey would have contracted Chris Abbs Porzingis. But, uh, you know, that's a topic for another day. Jaleel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear God. All right. You want to uh, switch into this last segment? Sure. Let's hit it. 
I don't got too much to say, but I do want to get this on paper. Okay. You, my, my top ten. Oh, your top ten defenders or players? Players. The, players. You, you got a top ten, or do you want to just go on the on the off the cuff about? I'll it? go off the cuff. I think that I was. Um, I, I I got to ten. I think when we were talking earlier. And you convinced me a little bit too. I think you dropped Jokic two spots in my head since we first discussed this this morning or this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, from five to seven, and I think I put Kawhi and Embiid ahead of him, which I had just below him at the time. But uh, Henry, I've got my ten. I've got my ten. Henry, to be clear, I <laughs> said that Jokic could have easily been ahead of either of those or behind. They were, they were. It was it was a toss up in my mind. I didn't think it was obvious either way. But this is a no. Per- I, it's it's probably going to be in a little bit of the order where I think the players uh, land, but it's not in a specific order. So if you think that one guy is ahead <laughs> of the other, is my whatever. top four I think is pretty solidly what my top four would have been. And to be clear, I guess you know it's something that you've always said, and I've recently come to agree with. I don't think I always agreed with this that the uh, MVP should be a regular season plus. Postseason award, so we're gonna give our top ten for right. I I think that, that even if even if the there should be a summer award that dictates who the media you know generally thinks is the best player in the world at that moment, and that's not what the MVP measures. And because there's never a moment where if you polled a hundred media members, that the majority of them would say James Harden or Russell Westbrook were the best players in the NBA. Yet. The they won uh, MVPs because they had the best regular seasons, and you know I probably agreed in many of those years that Harden had the best regular season or that he had a top yeah. two uh, regular season. But I would not have put him in my top two of player rankings, and I think so. Are you, are you going to consider mix. like time played and how good they were this season? Like for example, the Anthony Davis case at all, or is that going to be just strictly like who do you think was the best? I think it's for me. It's going to lean more towards who is the best. Who would I want for a full regular season and full playoffs on my yeah. team? That's it. Okay, I think that's a lot of it for me. But it's also you know what I saw. Anthony Davis is not going to make this list for me. LeBron James, like to be clear, I think he's one of the three or four best players in basketball. I have him tenth on this list. It was more of an honorific spot. Like he was incredible this year, but you know, after that ankle sprain, which was basically more than half the season and the playoffs like he didn't look like one of the 10 best players in basketball it's hard to say but like yeah it's true well the thing with LeBron and it's been these past two years with the Lakers honestly three since he's joined the Lakers but the first year with the Lakers I don't really count I put that out of my memory that's fake news um, although when Brandon Ingram wants a ball yeah he was uh, like LeBron third is. in the west <laughs> I, we, I know the deal um uh, I I just uh since LeBron has been on the Lakers, I think that his and their spacing was never to the level of these of the Cavs teams that he was just leaving. So maybe that's a big part of it. I have not thought that he's been able to just like blow by his defender, his his individual matchups as easily as he has before. Really? I don't think he's been able to like put his defender in rotation. Like not his, even the twenty twenty bubble. His half court scoring, I the twenty twenty bubble, I think was the best I've seen. I still don't think it was at the Cavs level, and I think that that Lakers team was boosted incredibly by some very, very good AD jump shooting, which I don't think he's ever jump shot 
had a stretch of jump shooting that well in his entire career other than the bubble. And so I'm curious to see if he can ever recreate that because I think that's a huge part of the Lakers' uh, chances to win uh, playoff games in the future. But, um, yeah, it's and it's more just the Lakers haven't have had problems with their half-court offense for the past two seasons. Yeah. And you would never think that a LeBron team would be would struggle with half court offense, but he they have. They've they the spacing isn't good, but he's you know, he's not a cheat code. He's he's not automatic in the way that he he was even just, you know, four years ago. That being said, he was like second or third on my MVP ballot halfway through the season and he won finals MVP Less than a year ago, so I forgot we did still, a mid-season MVP ballot on this. I yeah. still think I he's. Remember. I think I had him third after. I think Embiid and Jokic, but yeah. I think I also had him third. But it, you know, it's. So yeah, yeah. I still think that his IQ makes him a top ten player. Like yeah. maybe maybe top five. Like I'm not gonna take that away from him yet. Okay. Give me give me your top four. Let's start it off. My, my top four is Giannis number one, Steph number two. Kevin Durant, number three, and Luka Doncic, number four. I think, with the exception of Kawhi, who I think was just a tiny step below that, I think that was like pretty clearly it for me. Guys who, I mean, for the most part, we know those guys can be the best player on a championship team. I, I mean, we don't know, know it about Luka yet, but I'm pretty confident lumping him into that group based on what he did with a pretty garbage team around him. And Giannis... Steph and KD are three of the four players in the NBA right now that we just, we know. They can do it. Yeah, I mean, maybe not a championship-level team is proven yet for Luka, but give it two weeks in a gold medal-level team. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I have no arguments with any of those four players there. You know, I think that, you know, if you're tiering this, I think I would probably... Lump Kawhi in there? Lump Kawhi in that tier, but it, it gets tricky because I think that I, I, I may even... Lump Jokic and Embiid? Right, exactly. I think that, that's why I got 5, 6, 7. Right, I think, I think that those are the... I think, I think those are the other guys who I would put in that conversation. But I think that there's no... You know, those are the... You know, Giannis, after this championship and after what he's done for the past three regular seasons, I think it's proven that he's on it. Katie and Steph have obviously proven that they're, like, at this level. It's, it's not a fluke when they put up 40 or when they averaged over 30 for a season uh, and Steph is you know but both of those guys are just incredible and it's it can't be said enough how much you know KD didn't play a ton this uh, regular season but having him back in the playoffs and having Steph back for this regular season after them not playing at all the previous year or Steph playing barely the previous year was just a huge boost to the NBA they were sorely missed and Two of the most unique players in the league, you know, maybe the two most unique, you know, the two guys who we're least likely to see recreations of them ever again. Two of the three, I think. I mean, LeBron probably is up there, too. Yeah, but like... like, Giannis even seems like... I've long compared him to Wilt, but after that playoff run, it seems like even more evident that that's kind of like the type of player he is. I'm not sure we ever have or ever will see a Steph, LeBron, or KD ever again. Right. When Wemby comes along, maybe. (laughs) I mean, just a unicorn. Yeah. But uh, I think that 
Yeah, I think I have Remember no... when he uh, coined the term unicorn about Kirstas Porzingis? No, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I, I do remember that the original use of unicorn was about Kristaps Porzingis, and, and boy, does he seem very horsish now after... Uh, he seems like... A, I mean, a beautiful horse, but like... A, a beautiful horse with a, bum with, a, with a party hat on him that people are calling a horn. It's a... <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but oh, man. I, I have no complaints with those top four, and then I guess if we've already spoiled yeah. at the top seven. Yeah, five, six, seven, Kawhi Embiid, Jogic, and then I've got eight, nine, ten, Harden, LeBron, Lillard. I think, like, I don't even know who, like, Beal put up 30 this season. Maybe you could. Well, I think that the two, my two arguments there would be PG and Dame. No, I have Dame 10, yeah. Oh, you have... Oh, Dame 10. LeBron 9, Dame 10. Okay, so that's yeah. PG and uh, Anthony, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, sure. are the Are the two guys who I think I would most... PG, I get that. I mean, it was a pretty underwhelming regular season. <laughs> and Jimmy Butler. Up. And Jimmy Butler. I think I'd put Jimmy Butler quite up there. P- PG, PG was great this season, especially in the playoffs. It wasn't his best regular season by a long stretch of the imagination. I mean, yeah. he was... You know, really good until it got to the playoffs, which is the opposite of what we usually get with Paul George. And then, I mean, that last series that we saw him put up was just unreal. I, almost winning that Sun series is a monumental feat, and he looked like one of the best and, players in the world then. Like you know, and beating the Jazz too as just like a guy who's like, I'm going to run the offense through me. I'm going to draw a ton of fouls. I'm going to take these hits. I'm going to be tough as shit through it. Um, Total redemption tour. I'm glad that he's not getting the jokes anymore. Like, yeah. he didn't play well in the bubble. I think it was pretty clear that he was in his head. You know, it's, you know, it's it's like you see Osaka and Biles, and and they're in their heads. And I think that pressure and, and loneliness and stuff are things that can get to athletes. And yeah, and and I the think, bubble seemed hard as shit. Yeah, yeah, I think that you should totally like. It's not the kind of thing people people are cruel and and people got on them for it, but that they shouldn't get on them for it. And I think that yeah. I'm very happy that it certainly didn't help that it wasn't just a one off. I mean, the Thunder years were atrocious. Like you can't right. get around. He's that. very bad at giving quotes to the media that people are gonna make fun of. And, the P thing was tough. And yeah, well, that was mellow though, wasn't it? Tough, but exactly. Yeah. You know, like Simone and Osaka were like, "Hey, I'm not feeling great right now, but I'm gonna like try my best through this." And then Paul George, yeah, and Paul George's was white. So. Paul George's fuck ups were like uh, preceded by a lot of him confidently talking about his own abilities. Which was right. Which is tough. And I think playing for a team where uh, one of his teammates, who is not one of the uh, fifty best players in the league, said, uh, "Sorry, Steph Curry, this is our league now." Uh, yeah. At the beginning of the season. Yeah, tough look. Tough look. Tough look. On the Jimmy Butler front, I just think that he had two finals games with forty point triple doubles, at least thirty point triple doubles. Hey, that's out of my memory when I'm making this list, alright? I I guess you're right. I'm just saying it's I know I, mean, I know it's the if, bubble. If that's that, Anthony Davis is probably three on this list for me. You know what I mean? Like That's why I would put him on there ahead of Dame, but I, I think I like Anthony Davis and Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler actually had a great season. He has a very like legitimate case to be on this list. Anthony Davis even when he was healthy, didn't have a great season. Did not look you know? great. I, it's tough. It's you know tough. what, Anthony? 
if you care about winning, if you care about being, if you if you care about being uh, looked at as one of the top ten players in the league by the high post, you've got to play the five. <laughs> you've got to you've got to nut up because God damn, if it was tough to watch Andre Drummond play in this playoff series, and it also gives the, you the opportunity like to play his, LeBron at the four. Which I mean, LeBron also, man, you got to start playing the four sometimes and. Put two shooters at the two and three. It's a lot easier to find shooters at the two and three than a shooter that can also defend pigs. Do you, do you know what Anthony Davis's you know most impressive, most elite skill is? It's his ability to switch on to guards and and if you play he him, fucking at, guarded Russell Westbrook, his now teammate for an entire series. Russell Westbrook, like, he guarded James Harden, he guarded Dame Lillard. And he he's switched out fantastically onto these Jimmy like elite I mean, elite guards. Guarded Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy was doing everything he could to get LeBron or AD off of him, and everyone else he was cooking that series. But really as long as as long as LeBron and AD hey, were on him, he did okay on in that series. But you know, I mean, Kuzma who was playing fine defense was getting he did roasted. Not too okay on it. Um, the <laughs> with so with Anthony Davis when he plays the four. You're putting Drummond, you're putting Marcus Sol, you're putting another center out there who can't switch on the guards, and then it fucks up the whole thing of what the Lakers have, and and they're not like elite elite rim protectors like Dwight and Javale were, so that doesn't work the same Dwight's as it did back, the, the year before. And I do like that Dwight is back, but he shouldn't close games or probably not even start games. Um, I think that's sweet spot. Maybe start games, but like don't close games. Like AD. <laughs> has to be the five because he has to be the center anchoring their lineups because you can't give yeah the, the guards in the west are too good and you can't give you know brooke lopez is a fantastic defensive center and he couldn't close games he couldn't play fourth quarters for the bucks against the suns this year andre drummond sure as hell can't play against the suns in the playoffs and you need ad to play at the five there god andre drummond should not be on that team next year i, I hope we get a denver series i would love to see like marcus all is sort of a perfect little Versatile big to put in against the Nuggets and against Jokic, and I would love to right. see that. He's one of the few guys like strong enough to yeah. really not give up ground uh, in the post to Jokic. Uh, you want to talk defense real quick? You got some takes? I, we could toss out top three rookies first. I think that'd be easy for top three, like how good we think they're going to be next year. No, nah, top three just rookie seasons. Oh, like the rookie seasons. Like, who do you think were the three best rookies? This past year? Mm-hmm. I think it was the top three that finished. In well, who was third in that? It was Halliburton, Edwards, and Ball. I think Sadiq has a legitimate shot at that third spot. He was really good. Put up probably like 12 points a game. Really good shooting. Really good defense. Um, but yeah, probably you're right, Halliburton. Even though that second half of the season was a lot worse than the first. And I, I, I'm... He was still okay, but... I'm a little bit skeptical. Is is the only reason that Luke Walden is still the coach in Sacramento because they're still paying the previous coaches that they um, is that they had to that they had to fire early? I don't know if it's George Carl, but it's the one after Dave that. Yeager still yeah, in the payroll. I think, it's, I think it might be Yeager. Yeah, I mean Luke Walden has to be one of the worst coaches in the league, right? And uh, man, man. Why did they draft more guards this year? It's so frustrating for me because I was, I was so. Um, Anything good? 
Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander extended the max. Nice. And Trey Young extended the max. Nice. Totally deserve it on both on both fronts. Um, the first half, first 50 games of that 2016 Warriors season when Luke Walden was filling in for Steve Kerr, which is insane that the Warriors had the best year ever, best record all time. I mean, uh, wasn't rec- that when they went in their 25-ish yeah. game winning streak? They, they started off the season winning their first 23 games of the year or whatever after winning the championship. Just like an all-time like mojo... I've n- I've never seen a basketball team rolling off of Mojo like that before, but Luke Walton. It's it's insane that their head coach wasn't even there, and they had the best regular season of all time. <laughs> even he wasn't there for over half the season. But my, you know, I was totally on board with the Luke Walton train. After that, Draymond Green was playing incredibly free. He was shooting more threes per game and at a higher percentage than he was. Um, when kept Steve, that up under Kerr, but yeah. No, when Steve Kerr, there was, there was very uh, clear spit, splits when Steve Kerr came back. He shot way less threes per game and a way lower percentage. Really? Yeah, that, the second half of that season when Kerr came back. And that was, and it boiled into the OKC game uh, locker room fiasco when, when Draymond Green is yelling at Steve Kerr, you know, I'm not a fucking robot. I can't, I can't do exactly what you're saying. You know, I think Luke Walton had this super free-flowing uh, style which probably mm, works really well when you have Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, who are all three geniuses and three free-flowing basketball players who flow off of mojo and flow off of, you know, just feel and, and excitement and, and their games and their, you know, the, the best version of a Warriors of the Warriors team was a bunch of passes that build to a crescendo. Um, and it doesn't work as well when your roster isn't built off of savants. And so uh, it's uh, – I'm curious to see how his season goes. But, yeah, I think those are the top three rookies. Should we get into the uh, my list of the top yeah, 15 – Yeah, top defenders. Top 15 or so defenders in the league? I got my top four from this year. I mean, you could – you know, yours is a little more theoretical in terms of, like, who are the best defenders in the world right now, which I think is probably more interesting. But the four that I thought of in terms of who were the best defenders this season were Giannis, Simmons, Embiid, and Draymond. And you could probably throw Gobert in there, and I would be fine with that. Simmons, Embiid, and Draymond. Yeah, yeah, that's... I mean, Kawhi had the playoffs. He was just so fucking disengaged during the regular season. And, you know, I think the previous Kawhi seasons where he was pretty clearly the best defender in the league are so much better than what we saw even in the playoffs in L.A. this year, even though his offensive yeah. game was, like, as good as it's ever been. So, yeah. I, I don't know. He certainly sacrifices some of his, you know, defensive effort for yeah. the, the burden he carries on offense. <laughs> he but also like, had to guard some of the best players in the league. So, you yeah, know, it, it, it is what it is. It, you know, and any time he wasn't on Luka uh, this season, it was... In the, in the playoff series, it was barbecue chicken. <laughs> yeah, any time he wasn't on Luka, Luka was calling for Maxi Kleber to come set a pick, so... <laughs> yeah. huh. Oh, man, Marcus Morris. I hope you're all right. Um, the... Kawhi, the, the thing with Kawhi is just like, you know, rebounding-wise, if there's a contested ball, he's just getting it. On a dig, if he goes in there with his two hands, he's getting it. Like, he is so strong and so tough defensively and has the strength to switch on to better players. He's, at this point, lost a little bit of the quickness to switch on the guards, which I think hurts him a little bit. 
but still his hands are so good that if the guard has a loose handle at all or if they're you know I don't I, if they're not an elite elite shooter or step back shooter off the dribble shooter then I think you know Kawhi is a great matchup for him anyway here's my list of defenders and it is again somewhat in order but not perfectly in order and these are just you know I have a playoff series you know who do I think is going to be the best defender in this playoff series sure yeah I like that and it starts off Anthony Davis and that's just because the, we're Giannis that's interesting the bubble I think was the best defensive performance still that I've ever seen from a player I thought so at the time, like with my own eyes in a playoff series, and I think Giannis, just in that finals, matched it for me. For a, for a playoff run, I think it was Davis pretty clearly, but that finals, Giannis just blew my mind. I still tend to think that they're generally even switching out. I think Davis might even be better, and I think Davis is a definitively better rim protector. I think he's a little stronger, a little better yeah. at taking more hits there and being like a permanent five, spending more time at the five. Um, and, and that gives him the edge, but I think it's really close. Then I have Giannis and Draymond together in a tier. Giannis is someone who has just like every physical tool possible plus the efforts. Um, and Draymond, who's, has, who's someone who has the motor and effort to go after everything, and also like the supercomputer brain to process what's happening at a speed faster than anyone else can, and he is in position, and he is in the right position, you know. You know, he's, he's meeting, he's not meeting guys at the rim, he's meeting guys three feet away from the rim, he's beating he's them. using his body too. Right, know? he's beating yeah. them to that spot. I mean, he's so physical, he's so, he's, he's, so he's great. He's smart. Like, yeah, like I think, I think that, and I think that he more than Giannis, uh, and more than probably anyone else in the league, save maybe uh, LeBron, makes his teammates better defenders. You know, he's pointing out, he's covering up for their mistakes, but he's pointing out where they should be. He's constantly communicating. He's constantly talking. There's no better quarterback of a defense. I think than Draymond. He's you know if it's like if there's a quarterback of an offense, then you have the middle linebacker, that Mike linebacker who is reading the offensive yeah. alignment and telling his right sure. shift here, shift there. That's Draymond, and he is you know at two thousand. He's still that smart on offense too, which is yeah, like exactly. Smart. He's two thousand yeah. Ray Lewis level, you yeah. know, as a right as a defender right now. Um, Rest in peace to all those victims, but uh, oh man, Ghost Steelers ish. <laughs> Ish, uh, Dwayne Haskins. I hope you're the you're the savior. The savior, come on. Um, after that, I have Embiid, Kawhi, and Jimmy Butler. I think that Jimmy was insane. This I year. think those are just like the the star power names, and I think that they're deserved. Embiid has done like Embiid is a massive human being first and foremost, yeah. and you cannot score like just about no one can score at him if he's at the rim and, and has time to set up and contest for the shot. And that is such a valuable skill. Yeah. I mean, he's a Gobert level, maybe even better rim protector. Like, right. he, is, he is that good of a I rim protector. Good, yeah. And if not, maybe a little bit better. And there is, I don't know, because he can, you know, come out a little bit more than Gobert can. Right, and, and, you know, and he had moments where he got, where he got dunked on in, in the playoffs. You know, he had the John Collins dunked on him. But... 
but there, but but Embiid, you know, when Trey Young gets that screen and he's working two on one downhill, and he has Capella or Collins, you know, rolling to the basket, and he's dribbling in for either a floater or a layup. Embiid is maybe the only center I've ever seen who's outsmarted Trey Young or Steph Curry or these like elite genius yeah, James the Harden. Yeah, the Kyrie one that always yeah. sticks in my mind of that Celtics and right. Sixers game. Yeah, right. The Kyrie like he these genius genius level point guards and manipulators who are known for playing this two on one game. I mean, Harden and Trey Young are might be the other than Luca might be the two best in the league at playing that two on one game once they get downhill and they're looking for either the lob or the floater and the uh, off the pick and yeah, roll. Yeah, I think Steph and Kyrie probably are up there too, but yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, Embiid taking a, a half step towards uh, Trey and convincing him he's going to take a floater and instead he immediately rolls back and steals the lob pass. Like, there's so many, or the opposite, where he takes a step towards the lob pass and Trey thinks he's got a floater and Embiid comes back. He's one of the only guys I've ever seen, like, outsmart Trey Young. And I think, and, and, and he switches I think his switching is really underrated. And there was times that in that playoff series when Trey had him on switches and Embiid without fouling just swallowed him up. Just put his his arms out and Trey could not see anything. He could not go anywhere. He was just swallowed up by a huge player. And I think that uh and and, and I think that that's what makes Embiid incredible. The thing that doesn't have him at the top top level for me is that like he is still slow. He's still like like he's gotten uh, a little bit faster. He's, this year in particular, he's yeah. gotten a little bit faster. But like the the series of last playoffs, I know No Simmons was there, but last playoffs, Kemba and Tatum uh, hitting pull up jumpers against them, beating the drop to death, will stick in my mind. I think that you know the the guys above him on the list, the Davises and the Giannises are a little better at like switching and stepping up and they won't have that issue where it's like I'm too afraid to get too close to you because yeah. I don't want you to blow by or like I'm too tired and I don't want to go out and expend the energy to contest so I'm going to sit here and hope that you come to me and if you come to me you're toast but I'm I I'm too tired to go out and expend all that energy um and I can't blame him for being really tired because he was doing fucking everything for that team when Simmons was injured in that uh, bubble playoff series. Yeah, he never had a shot, unfortunately. Right. Um, Kawhi, you know... I, I think you could have put Kawhi up and I wouldn't have been mad about that. And I think, like, you know, the other two guys kind of... No, maybe even Embiid, but, like, Kawhi and... I don't know. Yeah. Well, Kawhi, I think, is closer to Embiid, Giannis, whereas Butler... And Holiday probably are closer to the tier below them. Yeah, yeah, and I do have you know Butler at below and beating Kawhi a little bit, but I do think that Butler, you know, maybe Matisse. Well, I was gonna but say think, like if you're talking pure defense, Matisse might be two or three on this list, but he just isn't like available enough because of how bad his offense is to like make that worth it. I you know, and I think that Matisse can look foolish sometimes like Matisse is so smart he that he's making you know gambles and I think there's times like specifically times with, like Steph Curry where he'll go for Steph an- Curry made fucking prime Chris Paul look like a fool like you know like he's yeah uh, yeah <laughs> sure sure but there's there's times yeah, when uh, I, I think Thibel his is a little you know maybe he deserves to be higher and maybe it's literally the fact that he no one on the 
he is not stronger than anyone else or, 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 or taller than anyone else on the list above him. And, and maybe, maybe that's just me saying with his size limitations, that's the highest that I'm going to put him right, right now. But, but yeah, he's, he's certainly up there. I just think Jimmy Butler is probably, in my opinion, the best off-ball defender in the league right now, at least from a wing huh. position. You know, as, like, as someone who... Better than LeBron? I, I have LeBron on this list, but I think it's more of an effort thing. LeBron is, is someone who's like, for five minutes, he could be the best defender in the league. Like, uh, I saw... He was so good this year, though. Like, I, I mean, Butler was great, too. So I, I can't hate that pick. But healthy LeBron for those first 27 games where we saw the Lakers as the best defensive team in the right. league by a, both a points per game and a defensive rating metric level. I don't know, man. I thought he was the biggest reason for that. And that was wild, considering he might have yeah. the best defender on his team. But, man, it was the off-ball stuff. Like, being allowed by Caruso and Davis to play and just roam as a free safety and just take advantage of passing lanes and cutting through just about everything you could. I mean, I thought he played so well this year. But, you know, Jimmy Butler. Right. I also, like, LeBron is also someone who's, like, super computer processing brain, has him in the right spot two seconds before the other person realizes that 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 that, ter- that, that that territory is taken away you know a person like a like like someone is sees an aggressive closeout is like oh i'm i'm going to pump fake i'm going to drive by this guy and i'm going to get to the lane he pump fakes he drives by the guy and all of a sudden he realizes that like lebron is right there waiting for him uh to you know bef- three feet you know five feet before he gets to the rim he doesn't even he he, he had no clue that lebron was going to read that uh you know that driving that uh pump faking drive uh very well it's 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 just like a where is the consistent effort thing for lebron but yeah he could be the best sure. like i think that prime lebron is also just as an aside like the dude who's best all time at switching one through five like one through four probably i'd say personally but yeah i see I, I, I mean i think in in terms of like someone who's like if you're going to talk about the elite elite players and and he's a team defender so like first of all his he's better off ball than on ball and right. always has been always has been just because of his processing speed and his ability to see things you know happening before they're gonna happen but even on ball if you're gonna say to me i need someone who is going to have to be able to take reps guarding Embiid and Jokic post-ups, but also Steph Curry isos. Like, who's it going to be? I'm probably picking LeBron. Is he the best on his team right now? I mean, that says a lot about Davis, too. But Yeah, I mean, I've seen... Yeah, I, I probably do think that he is. Like, yeah. Just because of... I think that... Yeah, Steph, early Cavs, late he, LeBron, I, was I, pretty unreal. I think just the math side of it, like... You don't want to give up those threes for guys who are good, uh, like like Steph. One all defensive team in his uh, career. Just gonna put that. Is that really really true? I think so. Yeah. I thought he was like second. That must have been the year he was like second or third defensive player of the year. With the Heat, yeah, the same year he won MVP. Like that Heat defense, unreal. Unreal. I mean, Haslam was still a good defender. You know, it it was just like. The ball pressure from like a guy like Battier right. would give you, and you'd be making a pass, uh, a flustered pass. And if the adjacents were shut off, and you had to make a skip pass, 
LeBron and Wade were picking it off. Like, those two guys were playing free safety and getting into transition. Like, I remember watching games where it was just, like, any pass the other team made, good luck. <laughs> right. It's, it's terrifying. It was so quick, yeah. Um, yeah, you want to run through the rest of your list? Oh, there you go. Um, I'm with the, well, to the Wizards. Yeah. Good. Spencer Dinwiddie looks like he's going to go to the Wizards. Probably a sign-and-trade would be my guess of how it happens. But Which means you get the dual narratives of can Kevin Durant win a title with Kuzma and Montrez <laughs> and can LeBron win a title with Russell Westbrook? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, winner is the go, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, run, run through the rest of your list. So, so the rest of my list, before I give my like quick thoughts on the Dinwiddie of the Wizards, because I do want to give some quick thoughts. Uh, so after Butler, I go Drew Holiday, Matisse Thibault, and Ben Simmons. I think that like those three are the best like on ball wing guard defenders in the league right now. Um, then Bam, Bam, I think is just like give him a couple years, but like a step below like the Giannis Draymond uh, AD tier of like super switchy one through five bigs who can do everything but like he's very close he's just I think a step behind them right now defensively then I have LeBron then I have Gobert as like <laughs> the guy who's like a rim the, the, the king rim, rim protector you know he has his flaws he doesn't have a great defensive team around him but like even when he had better defenders around him he's never had a like, he's never done well against good pull-up shooters. And he's good... never had a great, great point-of-attack defender for the pick-and-roll, which maybe someday he will. But, like, I see your point. It's just, like, if you're going to make a guy like that work, like we saw yeah. with the Bucks this year, you need that. I, I mean, when I, I think when they had Rubio and Royce O'Neal, like, that's a decent... Uh, great. Decent like, Rubio's really yeah. good. Like, he's good. He, yeah. He's good. But, like... You know, if you have guys like Holiday and Middleton who are both great defenders of the POA, like you know, or Divincenzo or someone who yeah. who's made Brook Lopez look like that, right. like having Giannis, Divincenzo, and, it allows them to Andrew settle Holiday, more yeah. into their what they do best. You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah, but but I think that like Gobert's like the rim is still the most efficient place to score, and being able to take that away is, big, is huge. Yeah. Uh, I just think that like when you get to I've said it many many times before, like when you get to big playoff games you're playing the best players in the world the best players in the world can hit off the dribble threes and can hit pull up shots and I don't think that Gobert's skill set is like as he, I don't think he's as good at at guarding those guys even even with great guards I think that you're asking a lot of those guards to get over those okay. screens and the, the cleanest way to to guard those pick and rolls is to switch, and yeah. he can't do I, that. I just mean in the sense that, like, I know Embiid has been great in terms of the plus-minus stuff when Simmons is not on the floor, and pretty much always, but, like, Gobert having a guy like Ben Simmons or having a guy like Diable yeah. would be super helpful for what he wants to do. So but, you're saying Simmons for Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> I'll take that for the Sixers. I'll take that for the Sixers. They, maybe we they could have done a signing trade with uh, Conley. Um... The uh, let's just finish off this list. So I have just like three up and come. So Dort Smart and a an OG mm-hmm. are the fifteen that I'm ending with. I don't love the Smart. That's pick. what I was gonna say. I, I think I got kind of lazy with that one, but 
he tries really hard and he really does fight. I think he's a little pet bevy where like he's involved in any everything and he's trying so hard that he looks a little bit better at defense he than can like guard one through four, which is nice. And like yeah, he's no, he's a switching. great, great defender. It just seems like this. Year, I don't know if he's like at the elite, elite level where you're like right. like what. In general, like, if you asked me after the bubble, I might have said so. Like, just this year was so inconsistent compared to what we saw from Smart beforehand. I, I don't know. I also think he's a great team defender, but it's like, what star player are you putting out there that you're like, Marcus Smart, go shut off his water and you feel great about it? Harden, honestly, might be the best answer, but in terms of everyone else who we have on... Steph Curry, he could... I don't feel great, great about him on Steph. I don't feel great about him on... Like, Katie, like, I don't feel, like, if you go through the list, even Luca, like, I don't, if you go through the list of our top ten guys, I don't think that he's, like, incredible at, at guarding any of them. But if you get anywhere below the top ten, you get to, like, the Bradley Beal level sure. of player, I think he's, like, player. fantastic at that. Um, that might come down more to there not being a lot of great, you know... Tier one guards in the league, right? right. And I and I also did like want to give Lillard would be an okay pairing for him. Yeah, yeah. And I did want to give more respect to like the the guards the because stopper, there have yeah. been there the in terms of stoppers, I've only had Holiday. Thibel is even only sort of a stopper. Um, Holiday and Simmons were the only like stop and Dort, I guess, were the only stoppers I had on there. Do you have any thoughts on like the Dort or OG inclusions? I think OG absolutely deserves to be on this list. Dort, I'm less sure of, but I think he will get there without a doubt. And I love Dort and think he yeah. can legitimately be like, as a ceiling, to be clear, the two guard version of what like Kawhi Leonard is. Like, I think he really is that kind of a potential guy. So, yeah. I mean, I love just thinking about uh, who the next Kawhi Leonard is, just in terms of like a guy that's like an incredible defender, incredible worker, and someone who like all of a sudden like puts together these offensive skills and you're like holy shit like they're one of the best like their defense has always been there and they're one of the best like i love all the guys that it gets like projected for don't turn out for the most part because it's like you're asking somebody to do one of the hardest things yeah i mean i don't think anyone's like that is justice and stanley johnson and og and yeah right og mikhail i think both of them get that jalen brown i think gets that but it's like uh you know it's a I think it's one of the most unique developmental arcs I've ever witnessed. For and sure. Yeah. He is a ridiculous, ridiculous man. Like, I, I don't know how else to... Yeah. The, no one has taken his route. Um, yeah, I love, I love OG, and I love the way that... I, I think that the other thing with, like, someone like OG and Mikhail is that, like, they'd be great anywhere... But they are perfect where they are. Yeah. They're perfect where they are. Like there's no coach. Well, OG who could be better in some spots, I think. But Mikhail, I don't know about that. You do. I don't think that there was a coach who would have deployed OG the way that Nick Nurse. Like like Scott Brooks would not have OG guarding centers. Sure. Like Scott, like like he needed an imaginative defensive coach, sure. and there's more than Nick Nurse in the league. But he, I'm very he's happy that he's most, with yeah. the one who like. You know, and along with Masai, just like has a hard on for versatile defensive wings more than anyone. You're gonna be playing five wings this year. Um, and then to close it out, I have like five guys who I think this is just like a loose list, but like four rookies or three rookies, um, 
and then like a guy who missed last season who I think like will be in this yes, sir. in this list pretty soon. So Jonathan Isaac, I think, was already defensive player of the year potential before he got injured. Is not on this list just because he missed last season, but like he's on this level of these guys. Like when he comes back, if he comes back looking right, he should easily slide into Marcus Smart's spot if that's the controversial one. <laughs> I don't know. Jonathan Isaac might already be a better defender than Marcus Smart, but go on. <laughs> That's what I mean. It just yeah, like yeah. he's not on the list because he got injured, but like he might be stealing that spot if if that uh, hadn't happened or if I was including him without the injury. And then the three rookies who I think are the best defenders from this class: Mobley, Cade, Garuba, and Usman. Yes, sir. Uh, might be one of the best pick and roll defenders in the league off the bat. <laughs> just like. A, a great motor, a great like build for it. Um, really, really curious to see how he develops. I I want to just like I want to just watch any lineup that the Rockets throw out next year with Usman and Jason Tate. Yeah, just that's to true. just to see like how like they're gonna get beat. But just, like, see how annoyed the opponent gets. What's a decent defender for that kind of pairing, too? Yeah, just, like, how hard they're trying and how much they're in your grill. Uh, it's going to be really entertaining to see yeah, opponents opposing front courts be like, fuck off, <laughs> dude, chill out. It's, like, the middle of February. Yeah, the insane. Yeah, like, uh, and Jay Sean's not getting out of your jersey. And Cade, like, for all the focus on his offense, like... He's a great defender. He's got the perfect build... The processing speed is another thing that I've been like mentioning, but it's it's perfect. He the weak side rim protection, like he's so big and so smart that he's gonna get there in time and have the like tools to make the play. Yeah. And then uh and then Mikhail is is the other guy who's yeah. on this list who, you know, got votes for defensive you know, probably too many defensive but, yeah. team this year. I think that like the playoffs kind of weren't were Offensively, and he kind of like did his thing a little. Yeah, bit, like were and weren't great for him defensively. I don't think like they put him on Drew Holiday when Drew Holiday had hot games. They put him on like the thing with Middleton. Yeah, the thing with Middleton is that like it's a waste to put your best defender on Middleton because his like he's gonna take contested shots. Yeah, like his side. thing isn't like beating your beating his defender and 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 scoring. It's like. Right. It's his thing is being able to score without beating his defender, right. and exactly. so his he can do if he, his his skill is the defender does everything right and he still scores in his face. Yeah. And they put Mikhail on Drew a little bit, and Drew used his physicality to finish through him a few times. I still think that like, you know, Drew, yeah, offensively you just want him taking jump shots. Yeah. Like he'll he'll go through streaks when he makes it, but like he's not. Especially if you make him like take a dribble or two before he takes the jump shot, is usually not going right. to put up percentages that scare you too much. Yeah. But shout out Mikhail. All right, I got to pee so badly. You want to vamp about Spencer Dinwiddie real quick? I'll be back to close this up. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Um, so the the Wizards seem like they're getting Spencer Dinwiddie who. Secretly, my it was like one of the if it works out, you know, I've never been a huge Dinwiddie guy, but he's just because of the shooting and the defense. But he is a legitimately great pick and roll ball handler and a really, really good passer, a uh, really smart player. Um, I think 
I'm okay with the move. I especially think that the move is fine, um, you know, getting away from, like, Kuzma and Harrell if it's a sign-and-trade to the Nets. Uh, but, but I think that the move is fine, especially if the Wizards aren't trying to win now because they're not going to be able to guard anyone. The, I, I was looking, you know, in a dream scenario with the current construction of the Wizards wa- roster, you'd want... Uh, a point guard who has that facilitating passing ability but can also guard one and twos, maybe one through three, and, uh, you know, can really, really do it at a high level. Spencer Dinwiddie is not that guy, but as we mentioned earlier, the Wizards have made an investment in shooting, and they're going to have a very space four for Dinwiddie, who's really good at getting to the basket, and a pretty crafty finisher there with some especially nifty change of pace moves so Dinwiddie's shooting shooting issues you know I hope he doesn't rely on his jump shot or his step back you know too much and he just really focuses on getting to the rim and getting others involved because the Wizards should have the spacing to create those open driving lanes for him and if uh, defenses collapse on him. He has the vision to hit the shooters that the Wizards now have. Uh, I, from like a pure like, you know, good or bad perspective, the Wizards aren't going to be great, but they're going to be fucking entertaining as they have been, you know, for a few years now because they're going to put up a lot of points and they're not going to defend anyone great. Uh, they're asking a lot of Daniel Gafford as to clean everything up at the rim, which he has shown a willingness and the energy to do. I don't know if he has the endurance or the uh, ability to avoid foul trouble enough, but give me a fun team. Give me a yeah. team that's going to shoot a bunch. Because that has a lean toward no right now. You know, I think they're going to be right there. I think they're going to be right there with... I don't think they're better than the Bulls. I don't think they're better than the Pacers. I don't think they're better than the Hornets. I think that they're right at the level with the Bulls. I think the Bulls are probably a little better than them, considering the moves that they made today. Um, that starting lineup is really... Talk about Lonzo. That starting lineup of Lon... Who, who, who's, <laughs> who's the point guard that the, that the Bulls got? Is that Raskin? No, no they traded... Is they tra- McCall? No, he's still on the pace right now. It was the sign-and-trade. Um, oh, Lonzo? <laughs> no, Lonzo, they're playing at wing. It's uh, Levine, Lonzo... Pat Will. Pat Vucevic. Will. And... Oh, God, this is embarrassing. Damn. Oh, well, well they signed... I, I think that they're probably worse than the Bulls and worse than... But they're on the level, I think, of the Hornets and the Pacers. Um, beat the Pacers pretty handily in the play-in game, and I don't see what improvements to the roster the Pacers are making other than T.J. Warren being healthy. T.J. Warren, there's no way he's playing for that motherfucker at coach, right? Uh, he's gone, the head coach. Oh, fuck hell. What happened this offseason? Everybody <laughs> got fired. Yeah, I mean, that guy had no chance of staying. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that... I think the Wizards would be a borderline playing team. Now, is this the long-term stuff you can easily uh, be 
upset with for the Wizards because, again, we're not going to be good now and we don't have a path really to getting good anytime soon. But, uh, you know, for now, they got off the Westbrook contract, which is going to open up cap space <laughs> not this year, but next year and the next couple years. And hopefully, you know... Sounds familiar. Signs of reagents? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if everything works... Did Kevin come back to his hometown? I mean, at some point you're going to need the guy. So it's it's a big wing who can create his own shot and is defensively focused. If this Dinwiddie signing works and you keep Beal, that's what the team needs. It's either a big wing or a big center who is defensively focused but can get their own shot. And those are really, really hard guys to get, especially if you don't have a high draft pick or free agents aren't you know, lining up to come to you. Um, hey, man, we're in D.C. right now, and it's pretty great, Kevin. If you're listening... Caruso went to the Bulls. Oh, right. So it's gonna be Caruso. It's going to be Caruso... It's a good defensive team. Levine, Lonzo, Pat Will, Vucevic. Yeah, they got, some, they got some defenders. They got some shooters. They got some... Yeah. Yeah. They've got... That's a better team. They've also got really... Like, Levine is someone who's going to create advantages uh, and, and can get the defense in rotation. And now with Caruso and Lonzo, they have quick ball movers, you know, who can both catch and shoot. Lonzo's better than Caruso, obviously, as a shooter. But they have quick ball movers who are going to keep... I, I'm, gonna, I'm excited to see how this, how this works. Me too. The Bulls seem really fun this year. Less excited about the Wizards, but I am excited about Denny. I'm excited about Kispert. I'm excited about Rui and how that improvement comes. My apologies to the fact that I did say on this podcast, I think the Wizards should have drafted Brandon Clark over Rui. I now might think that Brandon Clark just hit a lot of floaters his freshman, his rookie year. Uh, You know, it is what it is. (laughs) Well, I do. I also think it's really cute that Kispert and Rui are reunited. And they were like, I I believe roommates in college are very close. Right. And so... You know, Gonzaga, you. Yeah, shout out Tommy Shepard having a close uh, relationship with Mark Few and just drafting guys that Mark Few tells him are good. Gonzaga guys are all right. <laughs> no stars. What's, you know, if the, if the Knicks well, have Kentucky... One future star. I love you, Chet. <laughs> if the Knicks have Kentucky, then the Wizards have Gonzaga. The Knicks are about to have all of CAA, and I am excited, folks. Uh, yeah. You got any other takes? Um, uh, Demar Derozan goes somewhere fun. Maybe the Heat, the Heat of the Mavericks, the Heat of the Mavericks. Derozan, I want you reunited with Lowry because I think that'll be really cute. Or I want you taking some of the burden off of Luca and just using all the space that gets created there. How about we dream a little bigger? Kawhi Leonard go to the Heat of the Mavs. Come on now. Why Leonard, I want every other NBA player to hate you because I'm sure Russell Westbrook is not too happy with you right now. <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, thank you for listening to the High Post. Uh, we'll be back quicker than we were last time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be back with more interesting off-season stuff. Maybe summer League takes, Olympic Summer takes. League takes, maybe even a... Uh, like a recap of the top 10 or 15 playoff games in the past, you know, eight years. That'd be so fun. Yeah, we'll be there. Hell yeah. Alright, John Curley plays out once again. <laughs> Stay high. Yes, please. <laughs>